on today's episode, you have me, yes, me, Les Runs, being interviewed by Mr. Jacob Elijah, aka Mr. Stay for the Stories. Tune in as we discuss everything with the Speed Project, Do It Yourself, as me, him, and several other friends represented Adidas Runners New York City in this awesome race running for 29 hours and 51 minutes. Enjoy. Good. Am I good on your end now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're all good now, man. You're all good clear. I want to good. make sure the, the skin and everything I got you. is good. Yeah, you I know. I'm trying, I'm trying to work out the lighting <laughs> myself. I All know. Right. We, uh, yeah, golden hour. We got it. We're good. No, I got to call uh, the Verizon gods. I don't think they love me right now. <laughs> no, no. What is it? It's a, what is it? Um, no, nah, not Vizio. That's a TV. Fios? Something like, something like that? That's the Verizon. Yeah, yeah I got to call them. Cause, uh, yeah, yeah. They're not messing with me right now. But as long as you can see me, I'm not, I'm not frozen anymore, right? Nah, you're good. I, I can hear you loud and clear. You're good. Yo, fun fact about them. They're the only internet provider in my apartment complex. So, like, I have no choice but to go with them. Um, as, yeah, that's fun, fun little tidbit. <laughs> dope, dope. But, yeah, you're asking me how my Friday was. It's good so far, man. Yeah. Um, September's dope. I'm looking forward to the the change in you know the fall season, that fall foliage, leaves changing mm-hmm. colors, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Yeah, man, it's really nice up here in New York City, man. It's been. I, I mean, I enjoy the fall in New York every year. Past six years, it's been delightful. Um, man, but let me tell you though, the fall back in Texas, back home, is something else. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I've said this before, but for the people that don't know. Me being a former football player, uh, when fall comes around in Texas and fall is in the air, man, that's something else. It's definitely a vibe. Um, even when I'm out running, I get in that mindset of a football player. When I'm doing my miles, that's just – I cruise. Like, I'm having – it's a, such a nostalgic feeling. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but, yeah, so you're getting ready for school, right? Let the, let the people know what Les does, uh, what you're teaching, where you're at, starting school. Just uh, feel free to share. Uh, so I'm Les, if you're tuning in, Les underscore runs, point given. Um, I'm an educator. I am currently going into another school year, 2021, 2022. Um, so, yeah, I'm just getting ready to – to lead these lovely fifth graders of mine into Mm. their dreams, their goals, their aspirations and things that they could do themselves, you know? Mm. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So do you, quick question, do you get them ready for like middle school? Is that like a thing up here? Like when I was in fifth grade down in Texas, they were like, all right, middle school is around the corner. You got to get your grades up. Like you got to be ready for, it's like a whole different beast to like get ready for middle school. It was just such like a weird feeling to say now that we're older. Yeah, yeah, I do all that. I mean, it's it's a big transition because essentially you are en route to switching friendships, switching academics. Oh, yeah. You're transitioning on to a different tier. Mm-hmm. So if you're related to like, uh, like the sport of running, it's like graduating from a 5K to a 10K. Oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. Are you ready for the 10K? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I get them ready by, you know, um, 
physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever it is that they need to get to graduation. And and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's wild. Yeah, I remember I remember every year it was like a merger of schools. You know what I mean? Like like elementary school to middle school and then middle school to high school. Every year we were like merging groups, so like getting getting ready for all those different friend groups and like school being harder, sports being harder was a thing. Um, but yeah, yeah. You see, so that's just that's so unique too though because let's let's go ahead and start talking about TSP, the speed project, uh TSP DIY. It's like, and even running in general is like, you could be, you could be anybody, you know what I mean? So like, so you're, you're a educator, right? Yes. I am a <laughs> athlete, photographer, marketer, advertiser, consultant. I do a lot of different things. And so like, we're like, just in two different categories, which I think is so cool um, that running can touch many different people. And even for the speed project, like we were flying, we were putting in a lot of miles and like professionally, we come from so like two different backgrounds, you know? Um, and I think that's yes. just so interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with the sport of running, um, I think society has made it a way where we just think uh, sports and just athletes are just the yin and yang. Mm -hmm. They yeah, don't look yeah. at like your local, you know, UPS guy or your local grocery clerk or your local bus driver or your local electrician. Mm -hmm. They don't take into fact that, you know, your everyday human being is considered an athlete and can enjoy the sport of running just mm -hmm. as, you know, the so-called athletes and elites and superstars of this world can. Mm -hmm. and I think uh, that plays a big role in um, hearing even just the title, the speed project alone has like a double entendre because you hear the mm. name, the, the speed project. So right away you're like, man, speed fast. Yeah. 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 Should I even do this? Like, you know, that's kind of like, yeah. um, I go back and forth with a lot of um, terms that we use um, in the sport of running at times, mm -hmm. you know, and I've been guilty of using um, certain term terminology, but you know, it's, you correct yourself over the years, mm -hmm. but um, I feel that with the sport of running, anyone can, can come and, and join, whether you basically spent the whole day in the hospital, in the delivery room, whatever it is mm -hmm. that you do, the mm -hmm. sport of running has a place for you and like you said me and you are we, we you know we have two different lanes when it comes to career or interests or things that we're passionate about but yet alone we took upon this challenge of running something called the speed project to do it mm -hmm. yourself yeah 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 man so it's interesting uh not too long ago i was at a dinner party and I was sitting next to someone who was maybe like twice my age. Um, she works in journalism and she's like the, the editor of a handful of, of um, publications. Right. And she's talking to me about running and it, it was kind of more like she was asking me a lot of questions. But what was what was interesting about it was that no matter how much I went into like me running eight miles a day or doing like getting ready for the speed project or adidas runners new york city my background as a football player no matter what she was like just nodding her head and it was so relatable and again two totally different backgrounds like she is a little bit older runs a publication you know she like what she she actually like 
dropped the dropped the mic and she was like oh yeah i've ran a couple of marathons and right then and there that stopped me in my tracks because i'm like well i'm done talking because i have yet to run a marathon you know and like it's so cool that we were just in totally two totally different backgrounds um different arenas different professions different stages of life and yet she was talking to me about running and it was so relatable and we were just having this very genuine authentic engaging conversation over dinner um and yeah so like that goes back into like the rest of our team dynamic right is like we're all different come from different backgrounds different stages of athleticism history you name it and we just came together as a group to do the speed project diy um even again with the name the speed project uh i want to take a step back first and like for the people tuning in um what is the speed project i have a very basic probably oversimplification definition of the race but in your words what is the speed project um in my words the speed project is basically the goal is to run as many miles or kilometers as you can for the current record of 29 hours and 59 and 51 minutes which was set by a team that did it previously when the speed project happened in real life um, back before the pandemic, back before COVID. And the route was from Santa Monica Pier to the Las Vegas, Nevada sign that everyone knows. Mm -hmm. So the speed project to me personally, um, when you hear the speed project, I don't really, you know, dig deep into the connotation of hearing speed and just thinking, wow, you know, you got to go all out. I think speed in terms of just what it is, like what do I and my fellow teammates need to do to make it to the 29 hours and 51 minutes? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if speed is one of the formulas that gets us there, then so be it. But it's a lot more to it than just hearing the speed project. So, right. and, you know, there's a lot to unpack there, but basically it's as many miles as you can run for 29 hours and 51 minutes. Uh, we did the do it yourself version here in New York city, um, in the borough of Brooklyn. And we were what they call an OG team of four guys and two badass ladies that just crushed it. <laughs> yeah. So again, so like the traditional race from LA, to vegas right yeah. uh so but there are like a handful of different teams it's not like anybody can sign up it was like kind of it's like a kind of an exclusive exclusive group of uh teams that could do this race right and essentially we did the diy version virtual version which is run as many miles as you can in this time frame but right. in the traditional sense the original race is whoever can get there first right yeah from la whoever to vegas yes and it's a leaderboard and um they don't really have no set rules in terms on how you get there. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference between the, um, the real thing is you basically are, they provide you with a suggested route. Yeah. Yeah. But if you could find a fast, uh, a faster route, by all means go for it. And I mm -hmm. think that's the competitive nature of even the DIY. It's kind of like, we ran through the streets of Brooklyn, but if we really, really, really wanted to, we could have ran on a track in the middle yeah. of New York City and just done loops of, of a track. Or uh -huh. we just done a neighborhood block and just went back and forth 
Or we could have done a really steep decline and just went, <laughs> <laughs> and just went all out. So that had bike support <laughs> taking us up up the hill, and then we run down, right. and then we get a car yeah. and back on the hill. Yeah, we could have done that for yeah. sure. So essentially, the DIY, you know, the founders and creators of the Speed Project basically gave you, you know, creative control to make it to make it you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, so like again, so the Speed Project originally is a race uh pretty much from la to vegas whoever gets their first wins we did the virtual version of that tsp the speed project diy and the record holding holder now is 29 hours and 51 minutes to run from la to vegas uh we were tasked to have that time frame and basically whoever ran whichever whichever team ran the most miles in that time frame they won or they were they just they placed on the leaderboard um and then yeah as Les just mentioned we had the og team four guys two girls um and 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 we ripped it so uh like so okay we talk about let's talk about routes like what what because you pretty much picked the route and like we did we had 10k routes and 5k routes what was your thought process in having these routes like what like what was it just random did you use the strava just five mile route six mile route 10 mile route whatever um or did you have like some thought into like oh this is a cool spot this is a good street this has no traffic this is a good scenery just walk me through that thought process because you know me i showed up and i was like all right what are the routes this is what we got all right cool and i had like just, i just no, had no idea what i was doing where i was going and i leaned to you to to pick those routes yeah, so um well shout out to um basically all the coaches and captains of Adidas Runners New York City that had um uh a lot of them had, you know, ran the real speed project DIY and then just the running community in general. So I basically went into creating the routes in terms of thinking of one, where our main hub was. So once we figured out where we were running out of um, I thought about basically what the safest route would be for the 10 Ks. Mm. So when I start out with the 10 Ks, you always got to go with safety first because no, ma- no matter how dope or scenic or skyline you wish the route is, you got to make it to the end of the, <laughs> the 10 K, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought about yeah. just the safety in general. This is New York city. It's super dense. If you walk in these streets in New York, there are people everywhere. So I thought about that mm-hmm. first. And then from there, I went into just elevation in terms of runners love running flat courses. So uh-huh. I put that in mind. And that was key for a race like this, honestly. Um, yes, this is New York. We could have drew up like, in reality, I had a million routes planned out. But mm. because of us running out of this central location in Brooklyn, I figured it was best to just pick several flat routes for 10Ks, several flat routes for 5Ks, and then we also had several uh, flat routes for one-milers. And then um, I kind of spoke to the team about just picking what works best for you. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially, the goal was you know, for us to even train and run some of these routes. But for those of you watching, there's five what six of us it's kind of hard getting everybody together 
So ideally, everyone did have the routes before this actual event. And all these routes are accessible, like nothing was under construction. It's just a matter of you showing up and you just running back and forth on this route. Yeah, so that yeah. Was the, so I guess to, to, to sum it up for the routes, it was more so safety, how flat it was, and just how much mileage we can get from these routes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, for the people watching, I think like the closest landmark that I would say would be Kent, right? Like we were running yes. down Kent. Um, and for me, man, that probably was one of the most difficult streets to run on. Not only just because of traffic, but for man, for me, you talk about running on a flat route. I felt like no matter which way we turned from the hub in Brooklyn, that we were going uphill. Uh, like yes. it didn't matter which way we turned, I was running uphill. And like to start off your your heats or your legs that way, kind of like that was a bit of a struggle for me. And then running down Kent, there's a little bit not really construction, but you know the roads aren't as flat. You got dips. You got. Um, potholes and stuff like that and then you're navigating through traffic but it was it was just a good straightaway so for all of the routes that we had as options it was all like loops you would loop blocks and you basically went one way and came back the other way to like stop back like to track back to the hub for me again i like right now i live in hoboken um i i run a lot in lower manhattan and soho um i don't run as often in brooklyn so my thing was just don't get lost and it was I could I could I looked at all the routes that we had as options, and my strategy was okay. I can just remember if anything, I remember two or three streets, and then I'll run just down the, that way. Um, try not to turn as much as possible, and I would just do down and back. That was my strategy. Only like for one or two runs did I actually do loops. After like later on in the day, when I finally memorized like these streets to run on. Um, yeah. and you were actually making fun of me because I, I like wrote down on a permanent Sharpie, these streets on my arm to make sure I knew oh, which yeah. way to turn. Um, right. yeah, like I was just out like no phone. I don't like to run my phone. I had my Apple watch, had my Garmin, um, trying to remember these streets and I had to write it down on, on my body just to make sure I didn't get lost. Um, yeah, with the, with the Sharpie at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Permanent marker, man. Hey, I'm telling you, that's going to be my next tattoo. Um, <laughs> That's that's funny, man. So, all right. So, w- walk me through strategy because I know we had different options. Like, for example, my recommendation was if we set block of times, each runner could have that block of time to run as many miles as they could. Could be five, could be ten, anywhere in between, plus or minus, doesn't matter. My my recommendation or just what I had put to the table was all right. If we have an hour to run, each runner is going to run that hour. Period. Um, right. And and then, but like there were there were different that we did ten k's, five k's, miles. So um, yeah, see, Dudley said his was time too. So walk me through the thought process of doing like let's say races. Like if it was a ten k or a five k, um, and then we'll, and then I have a follow up question after that. All right, so the race strategy, um, I'm never going to take the credit for anything TSP DIY because it was a collective. Um, I did speak with, like I mentioned, some coaches and captains. Shout out to uh, Coach Zappo from Adidas Runners New York City. So I spoke to her. uh, You know, she is licensed as a performance coach. And um, we just went back and forth. You know, she's done this race several times. And uh, we went back and forth in terms of uh, what was the most efficient strategy for this OG team, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So um, for me, just looking at the Speed Project from the past, I just felt the best thing to do was to break it up and just distances. Mm. And for me, the strategy was during the day, we do a lot of 5Ks. And then in the evenings, we just rely on the 10Ks just so people can have a lot more time to recover. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Has that worked for other teams in the past? Yes, but has it tremendously failed? Yes, it's tremendously, you know, has failed as well. So this was kind of like rolling the dice. Um, Yeah. I came into this saying, all right, in the morning, um, well, to start off the race, we were going to start off with the 10K. So we start off with the 10K. Uh, six of us, you know, bang that out. And then for the remainder of the day, it's just all 5Ks as fast as we can. And, you know, shout outs to the squad and, you know, our team because we really didn't, I mean, we had predicted times. We all knew what we were all capable of doing. But we basically did a tempo 5K for the whole entire day. That's basically mm-hmm. what we did. And um, it was leg after leg, just 5Ks. And there were times where some people had to run more than a 5K just based off of the route, which was completely fine because my whole logic was, um, although we had something set plans, if somebody runs plus or minus – it's either you get more time to rest or you don't get any time to rest. Uh, <laughs> so uh, even though I'm saying this now, um, I'm glad that it worked out in our favor where the time that was given for our team members were sufficient enough. But for those of you that that don't know, running a hard 5K takes a while to recover. But we were basically like – I don't know if it was just the mental aspect of it. It's just all the components of what was going on. Everyone basically showed out for each leg. So when whoever mm-hmm. was coming up next or whoever just finished, we just, you know, we just felt the motivation and we all just checked in. And I think the key to that was the strategy and also communicating. So I think ahead of time, I communicated to everybody that, hey, you're running a 10K to start. And then everything else is a 5K. So I think mentally everyone knew that this was the distance they had to run. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, someone put you guys were all running too fast. Yes. Yeah. Th- um, yeah. They also said you're you're modest. You don't want to take all the credit. Yeah. I mean, Mr. <laughs> captain himself. Less no, runs, the, Mr. The, TSP DIY captain. captain. Credit, man. The, yeah. the community played a big role. But um, not to prolong or stretch out this, this uh, race strategy. The race strategy was the morning – 10k the remainder of the day up until the evening and i'm not talking about when the sun's setting i'm talking about when it's pitch black mm-hmm. so ideally we were doing 5ks um for those of you thinking about doing this in the future we did 5ks all day up until maybe 10 p.m maybe even 11 at times um and then in the evening was the challenging part the evening was mm. 10ks now, running a 10K in the evening for the human body is, is you know, it's chill if you're just taking it easy. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a race setting like us and you have, you know, team members coming back saying, hey, I ran a 45-minute a 5K, I mean 10K, then you're like, okay, I got to go out there and either match it, plus or minus, or I just got to cover the distance. Yeah, and yeah. And I think, I think, um, 
you know, the respect and the communication we had uh, um, was important because not one person came back and tagged the next person where someone said, bro, uh, I can't, I don't think I'm doing this time. Everyone mm-hmm. just went out, did what they had to do, came back, and it worked organically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so, man, just running running that 10K, I, rem- I remember running that 10K, my time was like at 2 a.m., or 3 a.m. and I had to run that 10k. That, that, Man, that is correct. That was the hardest 10k I've ever ran in my life. Like, let me tell you. And it wasn't. It was a number of different factors, which I'll get into. Like, to why that 10k specifically was the hardest for me. Um, but so okay, the strategy was we're gonna go all out. Like the first leg was 10k. Mm-hmm. Everything everything else throughout the day was 5k's, and then we'll do 10k's when it was pitch black outside and the sun went down. Right. Yeah, I thought we were doing 10k, 5k, 10k, 5k. Was that that? It was never the strategy. Was I just no, that, like... that? That was never the strategy. Uh, okay. And originally, whoever put um... that Excel sheet together, we had a very detailed <laughs> Excel sheet. I'm over, I'm trying to read colors and legs. Yeah, and, that yeah. that was never even proposed. That that uh, sounded more like. Um, honestly, all of this could have went exceptional based off of you know you tra- you you train for something like this you know yeah, so yeah. for you to say 10k 5k 10k 5k you literally just train and train and train up until the actual day but for us it was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. for those of you watching as a collective we didn't meet once to train for tsp diy at all <laughs> uh i mean to some degree uh yeah good good i mean we did we did the pretty stuff like you know we shot a video we did xyz but in terms of like physically doing um like a like the time trial even that wasn't as smooth and organic as it should have been so for us jumping into this it was more so a bit difficult because we all knew what we were all capable of doing it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of showing up and just you know getting it yeah. done i mean one i think that shows a lot of respect that we have for each other as athletes to be like okay they're going to show up like as much even as prepared as we were probably could have been more prepared like like oh, running yeah. and training together but i think it goes it speaks it speaks volume that like we were able to say all right i know you're going to carry your own when it comes down to it you know what i mean um but like so for indita's runners in new york city we did meet like every saturday leading up to tsp diy so strategy strategy talking logistics like knowing where everybody was at in terms of uh feel and you know like getting ready to run and pay 10ks 5ks like we knew that we were all in shape enough to like go out there and rip it um man like oh this was one of the hardest things too for me so for you, how did it feel running the first leg at 7 a.m. when people were out there? And that's like the first thing you do in the morning. So because for me, man, I wake up at 5 a.m. sharp, right? I wake up at 5. I'm, I'm ready to roll by 7, 8 at the latest. And I'm like knocking out my eight miles. So it was the most difficult thing for me to like just stand still and like be patient and wait to run my leg at like 11 a.m., my first leg at 11. That was one of the hardest things for me to do was just to chill until like my rest of the teammates did their, did their legs. And then it was me, my time to go at 11. So for you, how was it running first thing in the morning and you knock it out and then you had time to chill and you did that 10 K. Um, 
mentally, it was it was much easier for me in the sense that, you know, I felt I felt like the the community showed up at the right time. So for those of you watching, we ran out of the TSP DIY New York City hub, and Adidas runners moved their Saturday long runs to where we were starting off. So for me, I felt like the community energy of just people showing up to do. I think they had to do what ten that day. Or like ten miles. Oh, yeah. So I think mentally, I was like, man, I only got to do a ten k. These guys are getting ready to run ten. So um, I also wanted to set the tone on gauging, basically, should I go out too fast? Should I take it easy? How does Kent Avenue look for this 10K? So for me, it took a lot of mental <laughs> discussions as I was running. And um, if you're like a, one of those Strava or Garmin people, if you notice, um, I basically went in there and said, all right, the first three miles, I am forcing myself to run at a conservative pace because Kent Avenue is flat, but it's not as flat as you may think it is. There are a few little slow inclines <laughs> in there. So what I did was the first 5K of the 10K, I, took, I was just conservative. I ran at a comfortable pace. But then on the way back for the second half, yeah, I basically pushed it. Um, I, I pushed it in the sense where I, I, I pushed my pace, my pace, I ran faster and I didn't want to come back too fast because whoever was going next, which I believe was Fitz, um, I knew what times they could run for a 10 K. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what, let me not go and run my fastest 10 K. Cause then he's going to want to run his fastest 10 K <laughs> and then the next person is going to want to run their fastest 10 K. And then before you know it, the first leg, we're all beat. We're all destroyed uh, because <laughs> we went out too uh, fast. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I've been running for four or five years, so clearly I'm I'm aware of what I can do when it comes to a 10K. You're so a veteran, the, the, yeah. The, the, the hard, no, not a veteran. The hardest part is just trying not to go out too fast. Uh, friends mm. that know me in the running community um, know that when I first yeah. started running, that was the biggest issue I had. For every race, I would go out too hard, and I would just burn out, and then I would barely make it to the end of the race. So that was mm -hmm. that was how I set the tone, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's he Fitz said he ran. <laughs> Fitz, put your time in. I want to know what your time was. <laughs> the unbiased opinion, less who ran who ran the fastest out of the group. If you want to name drop, who who ran the fastest? Who did it? Um, you don't got to do it. You don't got to do it. We don't got to people on the spot drop because. I want people watching to know that we didn't go into this. Um, we, didn't, we didn't go into this as a collective thinking that this was going to be competitive for mm -hmm. 10K, 5Ks. It was the because, cruise The cruise yeah. project is what we did. The cruise yeah, project. We, we, we were very calm. And um, for those of you watching, this team is capable of doing amazing things. Um, like you said, if we had trained to a certain degree, I'm sure we probably could have put some really, really amazing times up for just mm -hmm. the 10Ks or 5Ks. So um, I'm not sure who ran the fi the fastest 10K or 5K. I just know that everybody showed out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And um, like uh, if Fitz is in here, if he's watching, if he ran his fastest 10K, that's... <laughs> that's Kudos. Dope. Yeah, yeah, that's so up, dope. And decided to do it on a day like that, then 
That's dope. I know how to yeah. run my fastest 5K or my uh, fastest 10K the whole entire duration of the race. But yeah, yeah. I, I think it, w- it was just best to control each leg in a way where I wasn't too wiped out. Mm-hmm. And set the, it was just good to set the tone so yeah, it yeah. doesn't trickle down. Yeah. Do you mind sharing your times? Did you have like an idea of what average pace you wanted to run or it was all on effort, all on feet? No, I don't really know my times off head. Um, I think for 10Ks, I kept it simple. I want to say I came back, correct me if I'm wrong, Strava Gods or Strava Connoisseurs. I think 10Ks, I came back maybe 50, 51. Um, And 5Ks, 5Ks were definitely 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Maybe tore it, uh, 21 and 22 minutes. Um, for some people that may be fast to me, that's like, you know, that's okay. <laughs> like I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, and I think towards the end of the race, I think the 10 Ks were more like 53 minutes, 54 minutes, uh, for me. And then the five Ks were more like 23 minutes, 24 minutes. And for those of you, like, how does this average and pace Basically, I try. I tried to keep it at an eight thirty pace. If you're watching, yeah. that was that. That to me is comfortable. Where I can, you know, I can still have a discussion. I can smile. I could make sure the cameraman is looking. I could do Con- com- conversational pace. Very it, conversational. It, is that so? If is that where you run? Uh, is that your pace group with Adidas runners, New York City? Is eight minutes no, eight thirty? No, my pace group. So um, I usually pace um nine nine thirty um for me my pace has just fluctuated over the years um so coming into the speed project it was kind of like also a chance for me to test to see if some of that old some of the old times i've ran in the past Mm -hmm. would resurface Mm -hmm. and a lot of those times did not resurface so if i ever do this again uh not to talk about ish, but be very afraid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny, man. So, yeah, because I don't think, I think for the 5K, I don't think I broke 21, and I'm pretty sure I could break 21, uh, uh 21 minutes in a 5K. Mm. I'm pretty sure, I could, I'm pretty confident that I could run there you go. a 5K and maybe 20 minutes, even maybe 19 if the if the course is, you know, <laughs> da- downhill, be. downhill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If the course is where it's supposed to be. I could probably give them 19 and change. Not there you to go. Toot my horn. There you go. Yeah, man. Like, so effort was a big deal for me. Or like, that was my strategy was to make sure that I gave it my all, but had enough in the tank to last the duration of the 30 hours, you know? Um, And it was like, so when you talk about not going hot out the gate, I think we all did the 10 Ks, but you know me, I got to get my eight miles in. So that first leg was not six in a 2.2 miles. It was, I did eight and a quarter, (laughs) but I came back. I I came back at like six 30 pace. And I was like, all right, this is it. Like if I set the tone here, then I'm not going to let my foot off the gas. Like that was my mindset. But also I, I listened to my body as much as I could. Um, like I said earlier, earlier in this episode is that uh, that 3 a.m. 10K was so hard, so difficult. And like by no means was I running a 630 pace in the middle of the night during that 10K. Like it was closer to sevens. And, you know, but it was still effort wise. I was giving close to 100% effort just trying to dig deep and knock out that 10K. 
but right off the gate, like right off the bat, uh, out front, I did my eight miles and I was, I was flying down Kent down and back. Um, and I closed at like six thirty or six forty, And, um, and yeah, like that, that was interesting for me because, so you, you pace at, you pace for Adidas runners, New York city in a group that's a little bit, uh, uh, uh higher than your, let's say race pace. Like a workout yeah. pace is different than your race pace. And yeah. so for me, I, I can do the 7 to 7.30 group uh, when I'm pacing a workout. And I, I looked at TSP DIY as uh, like a, it was definitely a race setting. So, mm-hmm. you know, like if, if I can pace out uh, in a workout 7 to 7.30s, let's say 7.15 average, my at like last clocked time half was at 7.15. And so I'm, I'm pacing that as workouts now, as workouts now. So my idea was, or my mindset going into it was, all right, let's see how, lo- how fast I can run for how long in this type <laughs> of race setting. And like I said, when I, when I went out, I was like, all right, I'm, like I knew I was feeling good too. And I had that extra couple hours of rest, like I said, because I'm used to running 7 a.m. sharp, 8 a.m. And I wasn't running until 11. So I had time right. to, to like wake up and to like recover. just and feel good and recover and then i knew the strategy going into it was all right 5k a little over three miles i i feel like i can run a little fast for three miles you know um and then yeah it was right off the bat it was like i'm i'm putting my foot on the gas and i have no no plans on easing up at all um but listening to my body to make sure my effort was consistent my pace might have varied you know depending on the 10k 5k and how i felt but at least my effort level was close if not at 100 percent, every time i went out there yeah, definitely. And and for you, that works. I think for people that are listening or tune in or watch this whenever or listen to this whenever, um, as a team, we had a race strategy and what works best. Um, but for him, you know, he felt that this is what he can do under whatever. I think the first leg, you decided to go with eight miles, right? For your yeah, first yeah. leg. Um, I wouldn't recommend it as a collective, but individually, if, you know, if, if he was more than ready to, to go for it, um, I think next, the next go around, we could probably implement um, something like that in it because clearly he did it twice. Right. If you did it twice and you didn't die, um, I'm, I'm assuming that it, you know, it worked for you. And the thing with the TSP DIY and just going all out is you don't know what your body is going to give you that day. So he could have went out for eight and he could have died. And then we would have all had to pick up extra legs. That Mm could have happened, but it didn't. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, luckily it didn't. Y'all would have gave me a lot of, a lot of (laughs) backlash if that happened. But no, because like I said, a lot of it was effort level. Like it was trying to be consistent in pushing my body at a certain degree of effort, not really time. So like I know, I know what the pace feels like and I can run whatever pace I want to or like in, in moderation and what is fast or not fast for me. I have a feeling of the pace, right? And then the distance, 10K, 5K, 8 miles. Um, I know how to push my body because, you know, again, like if you know me, I run every day. I do those 8 miles every day. So the only thing right. different was, one, it's in a race setting. And two, I'm not as familiar with Brooklyn as I am anywhere else. So it's just not getting lost. And so, the, the you know, the, 
the route el- itself is uh different than what I'm used to. Eight miles isn't running seven minute pace isn't so like that stuff is consistent, and I knew exactly how to how to gauge that for my effort level um but also like Dudley noted here is like I knew if I ran an extra two miles or two and a half miles, I gave you coming following me as a as a the, right. the leg. And the rest of the team, I gave them an extra 10, 15, 20 minutes to rest because I was going to carry that, that extra two miles um, compared to what we said we were going to do, which was like 10Ks or five, or really 10Ks is when I did it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I was like, okay, cool. Like, it doesn't, you know, I can just knock it out and like stay true to my, like, I can streak and still with, like, stick with it and again it was like that hour as we mentioned before having an hour block time for each runner just to gauge where everybody was at for the 10ks then i was going to give you that hour you know when i I, and then communication was key so every time i only did eight miles twice and i told you each time i'm gonna go out for eight um oh and also we should note that like every time we were out running uh, we let the team know that we were a mile. We were a mile out. Like communication during our runs was key oh, too. Our, our communication was very yeah. efficient. So if you're thinking about doing this, or if you're listening at home or wherever, um, communication was top three things that got us through um, this whole entire thing. Because if I didn't know that he was a mile away, I could easily just either rest more. Or I could easily just go out anticipating that he's already here. So communicating um, was key. Even with him going eight miles for his first leg, I think it registered for a lot of us, but it didn't really register because, like he mentioned, people were antsy. Like, the thing about the speed project is even though you're resting and waiting for your turn, you kind of want to go. You kind of want to get this over with. So you're like, Yo, where the hell is Jacob at? Like, <laughs> I gotta go. Like, I can't, I can't stand out here anymore. Like, I wanna, oh man, wanna let the, you know, whatever it is out. You wanna, you want, you wanna let the release out. So, um, you know, moving forward, you know, as a collective, just reflecting on, on the pros and cons of Jacob, uh, Mister Ocho, going for eight miles during a twenty-nine hour, fifty-one minute race. Is uh, sounds pretty wild, but you know, um, we got it done. I don't know if any other teams were even going out for a, a distance such as that, oh, but um, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure it probably has been done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, okay, so let me ask you: Was it difficult going after me? Like, so because I thought about this too, was like because I was doing it like those two instances specifically was doing the, the eight, those eight miles was not as we planned. That was game day. Like, hey, man, I got to get my eight. I'm going to do my eight. I'm going to ta- take my hour is how I communicated it. And so it comes in it, really, this is in two parts. One, did that affect you having or I guess really having to wait for me when I was doing those eight miles? And there were a couple of times where I wanted to clock in. I needed to clock in like that 5k or that 10k and I needed I needed to run an extra like quarter mile. And so I fly past you and I zoom past you and I'm yelling wait 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 and then I stop then I say go. Like so those two instances did that did that affect you at all like as a runner as a racer when you're ready to go as you said you feel antsy and you're ready to roll uh in those two instances when I had to get my 8 miles and take that extra 15 minutes 
uh, and when I was running past you yelling, wait until I clocked my five or 10, 5k or 10k, how did that affect you uh, in TSP? Um, for me, the first time around wasn't too bad okay. because I think the communication was a bit smoother. So the first leg, I knew that you were, you were going, uh, you know, that you were going out for your eight. Uh, yeah, yeah. You were going out for eight miles your first leg when the rest of the team was going out for a 10K, which is six miles or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But the second time around, I think, you know, your body is awake. You mm -hmm. are, you you mentally are ready to go. So th when I see you coming, I'm like, all right, it's going to be a tag. You're it situation. But then it's not. It's kind of like, damn, I have to wait for him to do another two miles. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of it's kind of like plus or minus how fast is he going to do these two miles in? Mm -hmm, but then it's mm -hmm. also like now you're thinking about the weather. You're thinking about oh, should I switch up my route? Other things start popping up as you're waiting for those extra two miles for you to finish. So yeah, um, yeah. In all honesty, it depends on the person, you know. And anybody else could have been like, man, Jacob, I don't got time for you extra two hours, bro. I'm out here. I'm ready to go. Yo, but, it uh, only happened one time, though. That's yeah, just, that's, but, 50, but, that's one time, one 15 minutes. Yeah, but that, you know? that, that one time, I feel like a, a race like this, um, like I said, communication is key. And if, if everyone's on the same page, things go smoothly. But, mm -hmm. um, I feel like one little mishap just starts, like other things just start popping up, you know? Yeah, like like a domino effect, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, neg a negative like, domino it effect. It could be like, damn, he did an extra two miles and he came back like faster than I thought. So now I could possibly do, instead of doing six miles, I could do seven. You know, things mm. like that start, like you start getting motivated by whoever just whoever so yeah yeah it, that could have happened but i think we did great um as a collective for the the remaining five still sticking to 10ks and five mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so what what do you think was like the hardest part for you for tsp diy like what was the most difficult thing oh. if you had if you had to sum <laughs> up like what the hardest part was i think the hardest part is going to be recovery. I think mm. recovery is the hardest part. I think mm -hmm. um, we all don't know each other's mannerisms when it comes to recovery. Everyone has their own, like, aesthetic on what they do to recover. Mm -hmm. Some people put their legs up. They blast music. Some people light a candle. Some people read a book. <laughs> some people put on compression boots. So I think the hardest part is recovery because – Although we were in a space where we could have kind of like hid and got away, there were a lot of like temptations around. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by temptations is you have the community that wants to know how you're feeling and keeps asking you, do you need anything constantly? Mm -hmm. You have different vices. You have, uh, well, we had compression boots. We had massage guns. Uh, you know, shout out to um, Adidas Runners New York City. We also had a guy there that was doing PT. And then we also had just like tremendous amount of support from the community that mm -hmm. whatever it is you needed to recover was there. But I think recovery was the hardest part because 
like I could have been stubborn and when I came back from my leg instead of recovering, mm-hmm. I could have said, Hey, I am going to jump on a bike and I'm going to bike pace and support the next person running. Uh yeah, yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Which typically happens during the real TSP DIY. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm grateful and thankful for, you know, a lot of the teammates uh invited friends, family and for those of you watching, we had tons of support that we didn't even know ahead of time that was going to be there in terms of mm-hmm. bike support or even members of the urban running community literally running with us side by side for each leg. And obviously not all of us had that support. Some did, some didn't, some decided to run alone. But for me, I think recovery was the most impo- uh, challenging part because you had to be uh fueled up your nutrition had to be on point you had to make sure your legs were loose and you weren't cramped up and um i think at some point you'll hear some funny stories about other members actually cramping up and not really sharing that with us but but you'll 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 get it from them (laughs) oof (laughs) oh man i mean i remember actually i'll go ahead and say there were like one or two runs when like my side was cramping like, like I, it was, yeah and that man i was like i'm running fast i'm like it might have been during the 5ks i think it might have happened in one of the 10ks either way though in the middle of a race like that's not ideal right. and i remember thinking like i just got to push through like mind over matter no pain like finish you know just just finish and so yeah that definitely came up my legs luckily enough uh like we're fine. My legs, you know, could carry me, but I, when I'm breathing and I'm huffing and puffing and I'm trying to go fast and that side stitch that like once or twice during the race, Fun that got fact, me. This is the first time I'm hearing this, by the way, for those oh. of you tuning in or if you're listening, Mr. Yo, Ocho, I, I, hey. Mr. The eight miles a day, eight that, miles a day, Mr. Yep. Eight miles a day as a, a, a team captain, this is the first time that he's sharing that he had this sharp pain <laughs> oh, on the man. side of his body. But mind you, if you check Strava doesn't lie, he's running sub seven during each <laughs> week. Oh, for, for the for the for the majority of the legs. So as a not that I'm certif- a certified coach, I don't think you should be running a sub seven with um oh, <laughs> a side a stitch. Side stitch. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we got some questions coming. Well, la- I want to. I want to say this though is that oh, we're, we're talking about food. Um, that uh-huh. was my next question for you too. Uh, but no, man. So like, if we talk about recovery being the most challenging part that you you felt yeah, it was for, for me, you. Yeah, it was for me. It was recovery slash resting, like uh-huh. finding time to sleep during the day and even at night was the most difficult part for me because I do some would call the bare minimum when it comes to recovery. Like I was very fortunate enough to grow up, grow up playing football. So like I am conditioned and trained to have a fast recovery just because of the fundamentals of football. Like you, you're all out for a play 10 seconds, maybe. And then you rest, you have a couple seconds and then you go right back at it. It's a fast game and the recovery is just as fast. So like my recovery is, is is just that simple. It's like once I'm done and I can catch my breath and I can relax and calm down, 
you give me a couple of minutes, I'm ready to roll again. So like having those, those cases where I had a side stitch and like I'm difficult cramping on my side, all I needed to do was finish the run. And once I was done, I can recover, I can rest, I can get some fuel, I can lay down, you know, get in the boots, whatever I needed to do. And not only just knowing that I had time also to rest, like it wasn't just like football, like I got to get right back into it in five minutes or, you know, a couple of seconds. I had a couple of hours to rest. So it was like, okay, cool. Once I'm done, I'm done. And that was the mind over matter part was one to push through that run, finish, and then know that I had time to recover afterwards. Um, but even so with recovery, with fuel, like how did you, how did you approach eating and drinking and refueling during TSP? <laughs> Um, so first and foremost, shout out to, uh, shout out to Morton, shout out to Scratch, shout out to all the, I guess, partners Mm -hmm. that, um, I guess, uh, had either a part in just supporting the team when it comes to fuel. Um, but fun fact about this speed project is I, um, I ate a lot, (laughs) Like I ate a lot. Um, Did you really? I, I ate a lot. Is um after each leg, I either um I had sweet potato, I had chicken that was delicious. Um, I had just regular potatoes. That was the main um I guess fuel that I that I ate that I ate mm. that that works for me. Um, in terms of like hydrating. Coconut water was it for me. Um, it worked best for me. It's a lot of freaking sugar in that thing, but that's what worked best for me. And then in terms of snacking, so I I probably brought every snack you could think about. You had options. You had options, I had right? Tons of options, but it's funny because I had potato chips, pretzels, uh, sour pat. I had a whole bunch of stuff that I just could have kept wow. eating as I was waiting. But the majority of the nutrition and the fuel was like heavy solid foods was just grilled chicken, sweet potato, or just regular potatoes uh, seasoned really well. And then in terms of snacking, I actually went the other route. I was really on just watermelon. I was on natural, (laughs) like natural stuff. Uh So um, if you're watching my choice for fuel during running, when if I'm running for more than an hour or hour and a half, is more and more and works for me. Other people take Gatorade, uh, Honey Stinger, Pedialyte, whatever it is, you know, that works for you. But fun fact, I ran this TSP and Morton did not touch my body one time. What? Speed project. Not one time, no. I did all the natural stuff and um, okay, there you go. All the natural stuff kept me going, like you know. That's awesome. And and shout out to Morton. This doesn't mean I don't use your stuff, Morton. Um, I use it for marathons. I plan on using it for my next marathon, but for this type of race, um, all the natural stuff did wonders. I didn't once take a gel, goo, mm. whatever. Everything was just watermelon, coconut water stuff from the earth and mm. that kept me that kept me solid uh someone asked you that i have trouble keeping food down um i didn't have trouble keeping food down i didn't like burp and throw up i didn't do the you know this is tmi like don't trust the fart like none of that happened i didn't have a big um wow. like a big stomach issue this is a this is a family this is a family show this is a family show <laughs> come so on for me uh not to drag out the nutrition answer but um that's basically what worked for me. I think um, 
in the future you'll learn more about the other members on the team but for me that's what worked yeah yeah that's so interesting to hear you say that too because you know me as a vegetarian i try to eat very organic very healthy everything from the earth greens Mm -hmm. fruits vegetables like that's what i eat right on my day-to-day not daily basis when and even when it came down to tsp i ate more uh processed food like the morton gels the gummies scratch like morton mixes i had all of that stuff versus having anything all natural no watermelon no nothing Got like it. that you i was i was it. yeah that's so yeah i was just like damn like that's what i went to and it pretty it held me like throughout the race i mean it held me for those 30 hours um and yeah so that that was that's interesting to hear you say that because that's the totally opposite Opposite for you and what you did and your habits and then opposite for what I did and my habits. Um, But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know we're running close on time. Um, If you had any, like, we'll just wrap this up real quick uh, or as as quick as we want. But um, any questions that came your way that you want to, you want to ask? I might have one or two. All right. Someone asked, well, I I don't think it was more polls for me. I think it was more for you in terms of what is your obsession with the number eight? Ah, Okay. (laughs) Um, to be honest, I kind of just fell into running eight miles a day. Like I just fell into it. I think when I first, cause I running every day has been a habit for a while, a couple of years now. Um, and I think it was like a 5k is too short. Uh, I might, may, I might have even started doing like 10 Ks and running six miles for a while. But the thing about it was timing. So like, I dedicate an hour to an hour and a half time block to run. And back when we were in office, it was always about a routine. Like I said, I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. Um, I get ready. I pack my bag and then I head into the city uh, to work. So then it was a matter of like getting into the city. Now I have an hour or an hour and a half to run. And I would use that time not only to, to make sure I had my workstation set up at work, I had to go back downstairs, start running, come back, have an extra 10 or 15 minutes to recover, take a shower, clean up, get ready for work, and then head back upstairs to start my work day. So like an hour and a half is what I had time, like a block of time to run, rest, and get ready for work, you know, back when we were in office. So just out of out of timing-wise, running maybe six miles or seven miles is something that I was used to. And then as I got a little more in shape, as I got a little bit faster, I started to push it to eight miles. And then I wanted to progression, like have a progression and start to get faster. So like now I, I know I can comfortably run eight miles in just over an hour. Well, just over an hour because it's about timing. So like now I have a puppy. Now I, I start my day a little differently with work. So um my mornings i'm still very true to like a morning routine and the very first thing that i do is go out for a run but i know for a fact that once i leave at seven i'll be back by eight eight fifteen at the latest and so that's how i got into the eight miles was um basically it started off with timing maybe doing six miles or anything shorter than that and then as i got a little bit more as i got more in shape a little bit more like faster and, and you know i could do eight miles and then i've just stayed eight miles and that's the hour hour 15 block that i have dedicated uh in my mornings for me for my runs yeah so that streak i don't know what day you're up to but <laughs> i i think i'm 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 close to two two years if not just past two years in the, in the summer just yeah at least running every day right? running eight miles every day 
Dope, so it started dope. yeah this, at the same time i started to streak i started to do eight miles i think the three years ago i might have missed like five days that i didn't run that okay. th- that first year because i was traveling or something like that but now mm. no excuse no days off i'm gonna get my eight dope, dope. I'm, I'm, gonna uh, get, I'm gonna get i'm gonna get my hour any other questions we have um, well, we, t- we covered strategy. We had a couple of right. questions here in the chat about fuel and food. Okay. Um, but yeah, I know. Uh, so some teasers, I believe we're going to hop on some more podcasts, some more shows, bring in the collective team. Um, oh, yeah, I- definitely. So shout out. Let me <laughs> shout out to um, all our, you know, members that ran with us, the rest of the team. So shout out to Vivian, shout out to Rachel, shout out to Fitz, shout out to Dudley. They were the other four members. Um, like Jacob said, I'm sure everyone wants to hear how they felt or just how we all felt as a collective. Stay tuned. It's coming. Um, you'll hear about TSP DIY and then the the challenges and all of that. Did someone just send a last minute question with this? Oh, Fitz. <laughs> did you learn anything about yourself during this 29 hours and 51 minutes you want to go first i mean I'll, yeah mr motivation I'll, go ahead go ahead I'll, I'll go first right. um, yeah i definitely did you know i learned that um it takes it takes a lot of um mental i guess repetition to to get certain goals done and for me um I run based off of energy, just off of feel. So for me, even that was not working at times. So for me, I had to tap into other things to get motivated by. Or I had to lean back on who just finished their leg. So a lot of things that I learned in terms of uh, this whole entire process was um, there's so much more I can do if I was to train harder or train smarter. Mm-hmm. Or or instead of running 40-mile weeks, maybe do 50-mile weeks. Instead of running 50-mile weeks, maybe do 50-mile do weeks, but just do a lot more hill repeats or do a lot more X, Y, Z. So for mm-hmm. me, I learned that um, I need to work harder in certain areas because a lot of um, the times that I was running was kind of like, ah, you can run faster. Uh, I've seen <laughs> this before. You know, it was kind of like, at times, um, it felt a little bit too laxed, but then again, I'm always on the edge of just keeping it safe. Mm-hmm. Things like this, people go all out and usually get injured. I have a beautiful rest of the year ahead of me. <laughs> and, you know, I want to thank my, you know, the higher power that no, none of us got injured. I mean, at least the only thing I heard about today was your side stitch hurting or whatever. <laughs> but oh, what I heard a few spasms i just think that um i know that i learned that i could basically just go harder that's what i got yeah, from yeah. this and anything i set my mind to i can crush it that's what i got from this i'll let you go because that's good. time i mean let's like to close it out i would say one thing that i learned or even something that now is more true than ever before is consistency is key <laughs> Uh, like I said, this leading up to TSP is that I felt like I was training for this for a while. You know, it's not just streaking or running every day, putting in eight miles a day or an hour running. Now I'm running multiple times a day. I do two a days 
three, maybe four times a week. I'm putting on average Wild. about 70 miles a week. So like now, but, but this is, this is something like, this is so fun for me, right? Like, you know, my story, you know, I'm all about pushing my limits and I'm discovering who I am as a runner and as an athlete. So I'm constantly trying to grow. Right. And consistency is key because like I said, like you just mentioned, like maybe try to do a 45 mile week or a 50 mile week, try to run hill repeats, something that you could have done in preparation to TSP, where for me, I'm like, man, I, I feel like I've been training for this for a while. And that's just, Got it. yeah, there's not, not, there's no better or worse. There's no right and wrong. It's just now this is my routine is like comfortably running, not comfortably. I still push myself on a daily basis to in training, right? I'm in training mode. Um, and consistency is key like i said because if i wasn't running x amount of miles or putting x amount of miles a week or however fast i'm running or pushing my my paces then you know i would need to have up up the ante really and to train for tsp whereas i could just kind of like keep keep my training and and routine consistent leading up to tsp because it's kind of something that i was training for um and then you know like i said running multiple times a day or two two a days for a couple times a week like the, having the mindset of recovering and getting ready to run for an evening workout after I already ran in the morning, stuff like that is something that wasn't really new. It was just the fundamentals and structure of the race, having a more of a quick turnaround instead of it being a couple of like the whole day to rest. Now you only have a couple of hours to rest, but running multiple times a day wasn't new, you know, um, and then putting in a lot of miles wasn't new. So I think collectively, I think on average, everybody did close to 40 miles, uh, throughout the yeah. 30 hours, you know, um, yeah. and give or take. And so for me, my average was 40 miles in the 29 hours, 51 minutes. And on a weekly basis, I'm putting in 70 miles a week, you know, so like Got it. that's in, its, in itself was interesting. But um, yeah, definitely something that is more true now than there ever was before is consistency is key. In a way, I've always I've been preparing for TSP DIY. And that's just fun to think Heard about you. just talk, talk, by happening. Like, yeah. So um. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again. I hope we do it again for sure. If we ever oh, get the, op- the opportunity, <laughs> yeah, if we ever get the opportunity, I'd love to, to do it in real life, LA to Vegas, and see how we could do then. Um, cool. But yeah, man, I think, uh, yeah, that, that wraps it up. If there's nothing more from you, uh, we can call it a night. Uh, give everybody, yes. give everybody back their, their Friday night. Thank yeah, you thank you. In. Thank you for listening. Thank you to all our supporters. Thank you to the coaches and captains of Adidas Runners New York City, all the brands, whoever was there as a community. Shout out to the running community. Shout out to you. Yep. And shout out to the team. Shout out to the, the team members, Fitz, Dudley, Vivian, Rachel, you, of course. And uh, this is dope. Yeah, man. Thank you, Mr. Team Captain, Mr. <laughs> Mayor of New York City, Les Stop Runs. It. I appreciate your time. Thank you. We're definitely going to do this again. Stay tuned. Uh, As always, stay for the stories. All right, bro. All right, man. Later.